What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Impossible. That is. <laughs> that is. That is what is in my mind so much. Um, and we'll get to why that's in my mind so much later. Is that Cinderella? Is that it, Rogers and Hammerstein? It is. It is. But I frequently. Whitney Houston singing it frequently comes yeah. into my mind. It's so important. <laughs> it's very important. Impossible. 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 Yeah. For a plain orange man to become the president. Impossible. <laughs> I mean, but it, it is, apparently it is possible. Impossible. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy said we should just start calling uh, Trump the monster of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> the monster, yes. The monster of the United States of America. It's just, and, and ladies and another, we will get to the debate in a moment, but I wanted to take a moment. I, I didn't get clearance from this uh, Patreon patron yet, Ooh. if I could say their name. But um, okay. I, okay. I want to read something uh, that you already know, Reed. Uh, so I last do? week, ladies and gentlemen, another, you heard me say <gasps> that I, I had, I that do, I was I dealing, I had been dealing with the Lyme and I'd gone back to that urgent mm-hmm. care that had misdiagnosed me twice with a rash saying that they thought it was cellulitis, but it ended up being Lyme. And I went back to the same urgent care because ladies and gentlemen, another, the definition <laughs> of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting <laughs> a different result. And well, they I, gave you one, one correct result. Yes. One, the, the one older female, uh, person there. And, but I saw the young man there who'd given me the two wrong answers. And I went back and his third answer when I was like, I have this pain on my occipital and swollen occipital gland, mm-hmm. nerve pain. And he was like, you have, what do you call it? A ringworm. And I was like, young I... Men, young men and old men are not to be trusted. Men are not to be trusted. As anyone who's ever heard of this podcast knows, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't like watching men do things or hearing them. Or, <laughs> and um, so anyhow, <laughs> and I, I just, I should have, I sh- as soon as I knew it was going to be him, I should have stormed out, but I felt trapped by my own codependency. And um, uh, I went, I, but it didn't feel right. And uh, for me, feelings are facts. And I went to an incredible dermatologist in Albany. Um, and I will find her name in a moment. She's so wonderful at Albany Dermatology. Uh, I, I love her. She's incredible. And I went, I went in and she was like, she, A of all, Albany Dermatology. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I'm really Albany giving it Albany Dermatology up. better work. I really, they are so fierce. I got to Albany Dermatology and I was like, you, you go up in this place, the door opens, this queen was like, hi, and like stuck his arm out with a thermometer on my forehead, you know, like one of those uh-huh, uh-huh. point and shoots. And um, oh, he wait. was- uh, I'm going to interject. I, I, that happens to me every day at Abrams when I go in. They no take my way. Temperature. No way. Are you Why serious? Are you saying it like, they yes. like they like they point it at your forehead. Yeah, every day. I love that. You That's... can't get in the building. You have to have your temperature taken and sign in. And and I I do as you know run a little cold, ninety seven or so. And today, Tyler took my temperature and he was like, "Oh wait, I I'm going to try it again," and then. And he was like, it's too cold. 
and then he did it on my wrist and then he showed me the temperature and it was like 94 degrees. I, I love like, it. I guess that's it. You're absolutely <laughs> a whale. You're absolutely like, I'm literally mm. Meryl Streep in that death becomes her scene where the doctor takes her temperature and he's like, this can't be right. It, it's, and, and she's like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, with the with the, with the thing out of her mouth, and then she looks at it and she passes out. So this queen sticks her arm out. She like temperature gets taken. She's like, okay, and we're at ninety seven point five. That's great. And have you uh, traveled out of the country? I was like, nope. And he's like, you've been feeling unwell. All these these questions, you know, the questions. And I was like, were you like very unwell? I was. I was like, um, I nothing. None of the COVID stuff. That's not why I'm here. And he's like, great. Come on in. Go in, immediately get to go back and see Brittany Buza uh, is her name, B-U-Z-A. If you are ever upstate and are looking for a dermatologist, go see her. She is incredible. She walks in. She's like, oh, you're here. I want to, I want to like just check everything since you're here. You know, we'll just do like a full skin check on, on you. So get, get in the row, whatever, and do it. I, and then I explain what's going on. She's like, wow, you got a lot going on. I said, this guy, this guy says, you know, I have ringworm. And she's like, ringworm? I don't think so. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I, I, I turn around and she's like, oh, oh, that's not, no, that's not ringworm. You have shingles. I truly cannot believe that men are allowed to do anything. Yeah. So that's and, the end of the thought. And, and he did, <laughs> and that was the end of the thought. So I don't want to say this, a patron, this Patreon patron's name because I didn't get clearance yet, but I'm going to read what she wrote that came in that day because I got to that dermatologist on Thursday, last Thursday. And right. That, and on the last podcast, all you still knew was that you had this pain that I was had had this a, pain had or whatever. a head rash, head yeah. rash and a pain in the head rash. Um, uh, and so, uh, Patreon patron wrote in, Jack, just listen to this week's pod, and I think you have shingles on top of everything else, you poor darling. Occipital nerve pain sores are all the classic signs. You get shingles when your system is worn down, and it triggers those old chicken pox viruses hanging out in your nerve lines. Please rest and take care of yourself. I would even sacrifice wow. hearing the pod for a couple of weeks if it meant you were taking time for yourself and your health. I loves you. I cannot oh, tell you wow. how much that I cried a little bit when Jeremy um, sent me that. And thank you so much. Um, it, I love the accuracy, the compassion. She, that, she is really um, that listener. I, I can't thank you enough. That meant the world to me to receive that. I, uh, b- because we are in this um, durational long form art project of doing this every week. Well, which has now just become the medical chronicles of Jack Furfers, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, I like that you pluralized my last name, Jack Furvers, and uh, the medical chronicles of Jack Furvers. And uh, it really, and, and I had to go, and she was like, when did these symptoms start? And I was like, Sunday. And she's like, and when did you see that guy? And I was like, Monday. And she's like, well, that would have been the time to go on Valtrex, which is what you do. You do like the same thing as cold sore type stuff for a week. And she was like, but now it's been five days. She's like, so unfortunately it's long, but I'm going to give this to you anyway to hopefully dial back some of the nerve pain that can still happen. And what I will let you know is I'm still in nerve pain. The, uh, the, it's 
crate. I'm very lucky that it wasn't a huge rash that it, but it followed. She's like, yep, it completely follows on this nerve line. And it's like, it's basically like getting chicken pox, but like as cold sores and a rash of them. So I have a couple things to say to our listeners. This is from the, um, the dermatologist I saw, the, in- the incredible dermatologist <laughs> Booza. Please go see her at Albany Dermatology. Get the shingles uh, vaccine. She said up until a few years ago, it was worthless because it, it didn't cover as much. Now it's 90% effective. Even though it says for 50 and over, she said she's seeing more and more young people get it because of stress. People in their oh. 20s coming in with shingles. We live in a very stressful time. Oh, we really do. So get the shingles vaccine. And, um, I might have to do that because guess what? I barely sleep anymore. I can't wait to get to that. So (laughs) I want you to, to everyone to get the shingles vaccine. I want everyone to get the flu shot and I want everyone to get, um, another vaccine that I just found out about called Pneumovax. And that is a vaccine against pneumonia, which, uh, for people who get COVID can be, you know, a problem. So, um, I have my, my PCP is starting to get it. I'm finding an actual doctor up here, a primary care physician upstate. And my appointment with him is on Monday. I hope it's good. Um, I wish it was a woman, but, um, uh, that's, that is the news. I told Harriet that you had shingles and she goes, Oh my God, read everybody who you're very is very close to in your life just gets sick all the time and she was like remember when I got pneumonia last year and then she goes do you think it's weird that I like I never get a flu shot I was like no you get sick every winter and she was like (laughs) and then she was hysterically laughing she was like it's true (laughs) Harriet please get the flu shot no, um, we're going to go together to a CVS and get flu shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just everyone get the flu shot, especially this year, because supposedly you could get the, <laughs> you could get the flu and COVID at the same time. You I could. like, I can't, I can't. I literally, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's, uh. it is literally everything all at once and too much. Um Oh, so, are you relieved? Were you kind of relieved to have shingles in a way? As soon as she said it, I was like, because when he was like, you have um, ringworm, I was like, um, I haven't been around children or <laughs> like <laughs> animals. I was like, did I somehow pet Rory when I was feeding Rory and like get like a, a fungal? And that also didn't look like now, ringworm. Shingles is contagious to those who have not had chicken pox. Is that correct? Not only just, I mean, not only that, it can kill them. Okay. No, no. But so Jeremy was not at risk or was at risk? So I was like, Jeremy, have you had chicken pox? He's like, I think so. And I was like, well, did you get the vaccine? He's like, I think so. And, and I called Parker. I mean, not that I'm seeing her until she's done with a shoot, but I was like, you have to get the shingles vaccine. And I was like, did you have chicken pox? And she didn't think she did, but I can't imagine anyone didn't get vaccinated for the chicken pox if they didn't have chicken pox. I was someone who had chicken pox very severely, of course, because I'm, you know, like fucking typhoid Mary over here. And, um, it's, uh, and I, I mean, the pain is, I can't even begin to tell you how much pain I was in through the weekend. The pain is, um, well, you've had a cold sore. So picture many of those on your body. 
or yes. and in my case it was on my scalp and it's that nerve nerve yeah. pain like my occipital was swollen half like it looked like half a golf ball Stuart was trying to describe it to me because he had it and mm-hmm. it was spread across his like abdomen it's generally on your abdomen yeah yeah and he said it was very very painful yeah and then they have to burst and like like a cold sore Gorgeous. and scab and then fall off on my when I was a child I and this is like so hideous but I remember what was so painful about my chicken pox was that I got it mainly on my scalp like mm. it was through my hair so it was really it felt and I mean I still kind of have it going on it feels like um yeah like a an a and someone is burning something on your skin with an electrical force. <laughs> it's an Beautiful. electrical burn. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it, and it also, since it's nervy, travels. So it like travels into my neck. And that with the lime also has been like into my jaw and um, all of that. And I did. What was funny was that my jaw was really bothering me, which I thought was the lime. But then I remember that that's also the pain I get before I get my cold sore is like this mm. pain in my jaw because it's this nerve path. Anyhow, delicious, impossible. <laughs> um, it was really, it's, that's yeah. really, I think, and that was really what I wish I would have turned to that like bullshit um, urgent care queen when he was like, I think it's a ringworm. I wish I had had like the wherewithal to turn around and go, impossible, impossible. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I did it. And I'm feeling... For a plain case of ringworm to become a case of shingles. Ingles. It's possible. It's, it, it totally, it's totally true. Impossible for someone who's cloistered away with someone else to get ringworm. It's like, <laughs> it's literally like, it's impossible. So, um, yeah, that was a real... And the pain was bad. The weekend was rough. I, I, I mean, finishing out the doxy, doxycycline is heinous and you know I'm such an herb queen that I had like all my things lined up for as soon as I got off the doxy to start building my immune system back and getting my gut health back and um but Saturday and Sunday like I couldn't even I couldn't stay awake for like more than an hour I would like wake up and eat and then (laughs) no the pain was like it was like bad pain sleep though it wasn't you know, I almost thought about calling in and getting like a script for like Oxycontin or something, but, um, <laughs> girl, the pain <laughs> was terrible and it's still like not great. Shingles takes a real moment. It's a real, it's, it's a moment. Well, you sound good. You sound chipper. You sound I, relieved. I feel so much better than I was feeling last week. And the weekend really did feel just brutal, just fucking brutal. Um, and then, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, but it's back to work. And I, I thought of you, it's like, just keep working. Yeah, just keep going. And there was something really great too of feeling like, I don't know, I, it's, uh, at Albany Dermatology, um, this woman, the, the her name is Camilla. She, I went to go check out. So I'm like, you know, I, I hand in my 
form and I'm, I'm paying and she goes, okay, just to, I was like, wow, your coffee smells so good. And she's like, oh, thanks. So I saw her come in with coffee and it smelled so good. And I thought I had to get some. And then she's like, okay, honey, just a second. And then she's like, okay, sign right here, honey. And she had a flat, like a pen that's a flower. And I went, what is your name? And she was like, Camilla. And I said, anyone who calls me honey twice and has a flower pen is just so cool to me. I was like, <laughs> I adore you. And she looked at him. She goes, oh, thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, and the bathroom's out the hall and to the left. And she goes, that's right, honey. Um, so honey, I called honey. I called today for my follow-up appointment. And, and it's been like, you know, since Thursday. And the phone gets picked up and someone goes, Helen, I was like, hi, I just wanted to say, like, I wanted to leave a message for Catherine Booza and that, like, I can't thank her enough. And she really helped me so much. She knew right away. She goes, oh, that's so sweet, honey. What's your birth date? And I was like, is this Camilla? And she's like, oh. yes. And then I was like, and I said my birth date. She goes, oh, yeah, I recognized your voice. How are you, honey? And it was just so cute. I love honey, things like honey, that. Honey, honey, Well, I imagine mean, if she ever met my mother. Oh, my God. She'd be like, hi, honey. Honey, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, honey, honey. Is that a song? Is Miss Honey? Is Honey Walters here, Honey? Honey? Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Have you ever heard that song? No. That's this great, like, uh, club song. Miss Honey. Miss, Miss Honey's the one of the characters in Matilda, who is a Roald Dahl character that I wished I was as a child. Oh, yeah. She's the one who, like, grew up in the nice house that gets taken away by Mrs. Bindlestiff or whatever. She's the one with the really awful parents... And she is incredibly intelligent and everybody hates her because of how smart she is. And then she goes to the school and Miss Honey's her teacher who encourages her, but it turns out she has powers with her mind. She can actually right, right. move but, things. But Miss Honey had lived in that house that that woman took over. Oh, Miss Trunchbull. Yeah. Yeah, Miss, Miss, I thought you were talking about Matilda. No, I know about Matilda. I'm talking about Miss Honey because Matilda helps Miss Honey get her house back. Miss Honey. Oh, I, don't, I don't recall that. I don't recall that. Yeah, it's. You don't recall that? Matilda, like, uses her psychic powers to make Miss Trunchbull think that her brother is haunting her. And the brother was the father of Miss Honey, who should have rightfully owned the house. And then Miss Honey gets the house at the end and adopts Matilda. I love that. I Mm -hmm. I also, there was a scene with chocolate cake that I thought I'd love some cake. Even though she's force-feeding a child. Yeah, she force feels this tra- child to eat this whole chocolate cake who, cake who does. It's really gross. Yeah. It's Ugh, I some cake. I've been watching these incredible YouTube videos from some some Korean person who has a station called Maison Olivia, which is a ASMR baking channel and mm-hmm. they make incredible cakes with like with virtuosic icing abilities. Very good. I highly recommend it. Well, can we talk about that the first episode has been released of the Great British British Bake Off. I watched it. Me too. And I, here's the thing I always find. I always mm-hmm. find within the first 15 minutes that I'm like, ugh, why don't I like the people as much this year? And then by the end of the episode, I'm in love with all of them. <laughs> well, I also was really like, oh, I miss that woman. I mean, I get that this guy, the guy from Little Sue. Britain is wonderful and like Sue. a queen. But like, I miss Sue. And Little Britain guy turned out to be great, though. Oh, so great. Like, ad- I love him. I, and he reminds me of you. Who's, he has, like, the palate of a nine-year-old. Or he was just, like, <laughs> you know, could just, like, wanted to just eat whatever. I couldn't believe how bad the busts were. 
It was I, insane. I because then I accidentally flipped on the Cake Bosses show, um, who had like a Halloween, uh, you know, cake frightening bake off show, whatever. And the cakes those people I, were making were incredible and actually looked. I feel like, like Cake Cake Boss has to be a Trump supporter. That's a guess, but it's a feeling. Oh no, he seems really nice and wonderful, and actually, really, I mean, I. Jeremy said he's actually really great and all this stuff. He seems so sweet. He was so nice. He's much nicer than Paul <laughs> Hollywood. Paul Hollywood has fixed his hair this year. He got, um, he stopped using so much gel. So you can't see straight through to the scalp. It looks much better. Oh, I didn't notice at all because I don't really pay attention when he's talking. Um, I... Those busts, so you're right. That was a real, in- that was insanity. And I think it's to do with them maybe not having as much practice time at home. I, it was also this thing of watching this other show, the Cake Foster show. It's like these Americans just like fully like making just super crafty in this way of, of like using extreme glaze and stuff to make something look like a rotting corpse. That's like a cake with this one woman on the Cake Boss show made a cake that sounded so gross to me. (laughs) The flavors were sauerkraut and um, something button mushroom and oh. that I'd never heard of. And it ended up tasting really good. It was like a sauerkraut cream, like frosting thing. Cheese. You got to have some. You got to taste and it. And I tasted it. It was incredible <laughs> because TV is really amazing now where you push this button and a little bit of whatever's on the TV will come out in your mouth. I wish. Um, and uh, she used this button mushroom thing to taste like maple. And she did well. But... Um, the, the, the British baker's busts looked so bad, truly horrible. I, except for, I have to say, Marie Antoinette, that the British queen, the British queen, but I really wish that her shoe would have worked so that like, no, I actually liked the rice paper sales. Of course you did. Of course you did. I was like, you, it worked out for the best. Cause like having little buns all over the head would have been lame, but having paper on toothpicks was elegant. (laughs) That is so you. That is absolutely you. In this very, like, minimalist way. I was like, no, I wish the shoe would have been there. And then just a stockpile of, like, you know, 300 shoe buns. Oh, my God. um, Remember, like, Lupita Nyong'o? I was like, not quite. Oh, my gosh. That was really, what about, but what about, what about David Bowie? You oh my guys, God, you guys. David Bowie! <laughs> wow, wow, wait, whoa, who, whoa, whoa! Who got kicked off? Who got kicked off? I was surprised. I was surprised. It was. I was very shocked. It was the woman who used really strong flavors, like she used. Oh like, yes, yes, bubble gum. What she have soda you? pop and bubble gum, and then like an incredibly spicy. She made a very spicy, spicy cake that was like... I wasn't surprised. It she was, clearly wasn't going to get very far. It was like chili followed by ginger. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think that that guy with the with the prosthetic leg and also who apparently... Did he say he had a handsome young man at home waiting for him? What are you talking about? The David Bowie guy. What? He the has David a prosthetic leg? Yes. <laughs> You know, I might have watched this this weekend when I was, like, in and out of, like, extreme pain. So I don't remember that. And I don't remember a handsome young man waiting at home from him. 
I feel like he has kids. No, he works with, he's a caregiver. Okay. I did know that he's a caregiver to a young man. Like, that he helps take care of. Oh, in my mind, I missed that. I guess I. I mean, I think we missed. Out. I think we really missed a lot of the, some of their personal life stories we did, on I guess. here. So, yeah, um, yeah. But do you do you love the the boy with the purple lips, whose skin flushes oh, who, like an octopus? Who won? Who who was the whatever head baker? What do they call it? Um, Star baker. <laughs> I can't Star believe baker. I was able to remember Star baker because I really yes, wanted. Yes, he's very charming. So sweet. Um, I love that he does gluten-free for his brother and they play badminton that fast. Kudos to you. It was just so crazy. When people can do stuff like that, I'm like, what even on earth? I can play badminton like that. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. No, I can't. No, no, you can't. I can't. I really can't. I can. Abs- I can imagine you trying to. So I, I can imagine. I could absolutely. No, no, no. Play bad. I'm also watching. I <laughs> <laughs> think it's so funny. I have a picture of you playing badminton in a gown. It's. I'm not. It's not a gown. It's Michelle Mullah's costume from Shamp. It's her. <laughs> it's her white leotard with oh, like. Right. The, with like a fucking like three quarter like sheer fantasy, skirt. Fantasy fantasy tennis outfit. A fantasy tennis. It's her fantasy tennis outfit, Queen. Uh, but I've also been watching a strange show on Netflix called Away, which is like Hillary Swank goes to space. Oh, yeah, actually, I almost watched it. You know what? It's not what you expect. It's uh-huh. actually sort of like ER, Chicago Hope. Like, it's like a family and workplace drama in space. But does she float? There's lots of floating and that kind of special effects. But, but let like, me tell also, you what, you know, who's an actor who I think is really good? Hillary Swank. Uh-huh. She is. Actually, everyone on this show is an actor with a lot of feeling. Josh Charles plays her husband. He's excellent. I've never heard um, of him, but I love yes, anyone with two exactly first names. you know exactly who he is. You know exactly who he is. Okay, who is he? Do you remember the movie Threesome with Lara Flynn Boyle oh. and Stephen Baldwin? Yes. He's, He's the other the guy? Other guy. <gasps> yeah. I can't picture him at all, but I still have the feeling in my body of when I saw that movie as like a 12-year-old. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's important. how I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh my God, Stephen Baldwin, honey. He was hot in that movie, but he is a bad, bad. He's a bad. I don't know anything about him, but like him and Billy Baldwin he's like a are so hot. Fundamental Christian Republican. What about this? She's fun. Demental. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's just funny to be like you know to be like fun. Demental. demental. Oh, are you oh about she's so Amy, fun. Demental. Amy Coney Barrett. She's fun. Demental. Demental. Yeah. 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 She she is absolutely fun. Demental. What Amy talk Coney about? Barrett. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. All the doors that Ruth Bader Ginsburg opened just so you could close them. Uh, um, yet another <laughs> reason I don't sleep anymore. My God. Wow. It's you're really week. you're really feeling the the hellscape of um uh yeah the lead up to the this like final month the month long stretch before the election which may mm. stretch out into even longer oh honey oh god oh honey that is it is going it is it feels like oh i think it'll be like a war 
I don't know. I honestly like because I have no. He was not going to leave that house, so he if he loses, which I now actually kind of think he may. Why um, do you think that? His behavior on the debate was. (laughs) It was really, I mean, the the cut to, uh, you know, and it like it ends and Brian Williams is like, I am. Chris Wallace. Oh. It, oh, no, it, it ended. News, I was watching news. on MSNBC. So when it I ended see, and Brian Williams was like, I, Brian Williams literally basically looked at Cameron and was like, I am shook. <laughs> you know, he, he was like, he was like, I can't, be- I never. Have I ever seen... All of them. Jake Tapper. All the news people were like, this is outrageous. Everyone was like, what the hell? And I honestly was like, are you surprised? Uh, No, no, no. Exactly. I was in no way surprised. I I honestly was like, I'm not going to be able to watch it. mm -hmm. I did watch some of it. It was Mm -hmm. exactly what I imagined. Exactly what I imagined. I was completely... I was... I was surprised. Rachel Maddow was like, you know, I had done all this prep and now I'm really like, he, he... Da, 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 da. I, I, I don't know what to do. He did all these lawless, what have you. I'm like, exactly. I, like that anyone's surprised that he didn't abide by the rules is, I'm like, oh what, what are you talking about? It, he doesn't do the rules, honey. Can you, no. that part Here's when it goes, two- can you shut up, man? <laughs> oh, my um, God. That thing of. There's a part where Joe Biden just goes, oh, Wait, what does he say? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, while Donald Trump is screaming over there. But I, here's the two parts that I only want to think about. Okay. I want to think about the part where Donald Trump couldn't disavow white supremacy. Uh-huh. I think that's, that's the most important and revealing moment from Donald Trump's hideous pig. Uh, completely pig unsurprised. Who would be unsurprised about that? Uh-huh. And then the part where Joe Biden very emotionally defended his son and talked about drug problems. That was the part where Joe Biden was the strongest to me. Yeah, I I mean, it was just this thing of and I mean, I think the thing that God, I can't it's this thing of and Jeremy and I talked about this earlier, that the people the fear of like. Uh, anyone being like, oh, you know, sleepy Joe, that he wasn't, that he didn't, that he actually, you know, really showed up, was vocal, did push back, as well as I I felt like didn't step into full shit that Donald Trump kept like throwing all over the floor. It was... um, I I, I do think his strategy was good in knowing what he was walking into. uh I did, however, feel... I felt his age and it did make me wish it made me really wish it was Kamala that, Harris. <laughs> yeah. That would have been absolutely incredible. Amazing. Did and you see the just, interview with her after? No, I'd love to. Oh watch that. my God. Brian Williams interviewed her shortly, shortly after the debate. And she, and he, he was, he was like, when he said, blah, 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 just what do you think? And she just went, <laughs> Brian, I've given up trying to figure out what this man's thinking. And she just like laughed over and over. And she's like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And we saw what the, what the dividing line is. And we also saw, and this is not new news that he is going to 
say that it's a rigged election, that he's going to say that the votes don't it. count. All you know, the, you know. I love that your favorite got summoned during it, Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> in what? In what regard? That, what was um, that? that he was like, you know, your own, um, what, what was her title at the White House? Um... Nobody knows and nobody cares. I, I can't remember anymore. I just is my favorite goes, character. Your, your own blah 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 even even said that like in you know violence and chaos is exactly what you want is exactly like what is going to work in your favor. Yeah. And um and Donald Trump goes, "Who said that? Nobody said that." <laughs> and then and then Joe Biden goes, "Yeah." And and then he's like, "Who?" And he's like, "I'll tell you." And he took a second to figure it out, but he's like, "Kellyanne Conway." <laughs> And it really, it was true. She really did say that. And what did Donald Trump say to that? He just, of course, said, like, that's not true. You know, like, what is he going to say? He was like, that's not true. And Kellyanne Conway takes, like, a drag of her marb light in her home in Jersey and is like, yeah, I did. (laughs) I did it. I said it. Yeah, I did it. I said it. It doesn't matter. I'm here. I'm here (laughs) putting putting a frozen pizza in, having a Diet Coke and a marb light, putting my feet up. I'm about to yes. do my nails. I love, I'm, that's me picturing Kellyanne Conway as played by me, basically Kellyanne Conway as me. Yeah, um, you have like a hair, you have a hair mask and you have a shower cap on to keep oh, your hair Oh my moist. God. Absolutely. With a full, like whatever, with with a face covered in Vaseline. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it yeah. was, it's surreal. I mean, I think this, that whole thing at the end of like, you know, 80, him being like, whatever he said, like 80 million votes can't be, can't be counted or something. I mean, it was, it's all, but this, but setting the groundwork for that, he won't concede is all part of it because as if he loses, he's goes to prison, honey. If I hope, Uh, well, if you lose, if the thing is, it's if he loses and if he can be removed and those are, I think two separate Thanks. And that is not new news. This is no new news on this non-political podcast that <laughs> this, you know, our, uh, our, can you imagine? We are research journalists, political pundits. Um, and also medical journalists. And, and also absolutely a medical, medical journalist. Um, I cannot believe it. Yeah. I really it, like it, that it's come to this. I'm not surprised at all i literally feel like the part in melancholia when kristen dunce says 972 and her sister's like what she's like that's how many beans were in the jar that's how i know like it's just in act two of melancholia that's not the number she says i think it's like 600 and something but it's when charlotte gainsbourg's like how do you (laughs) kristen dunce goes there's nothing out there and this is it and, and Charlotte Gainsbourg goes, how do you know? And she goes, because I know. And Charlotte Gainsbourg goes, how do you know? And she goes, 600 and whatever, da-da-da. And Charlotte Gainsbourg goes, what? And she goes, that's how many beans were in the jar. That's in act one at the wedding. <laughs> and Charlotte Gainsbourg stares at her. And, and Kristen Dunst goes, because when I tell you I know, I know. Amazing. Yeah, it's really... So I wasn't... I'm not... <sighs> I, I, I mean... We didn't begin this podcast in 2016. I have revisited my experience of that quite a bit because I was up here at that time and I had a bad feeling and that bad feeling was my childhood. Um, 
of growing up with people who this is absolutely who they would vote for and would want to vote for. And um, it's the world I grew up in. And I have always felt scared of where it lurks throughout this country. And I never felt like, um, I never felt safe. I've never felt safe from that. I'll never feel safe from that. And Well, it's all people who have been conditioned to have no space for difference. Correct. Well, not and, only no, and, and in that no space to actually have real violence towards it, real fear and, and yes, going into a real afraid. violence towards it. And I also think that there's beyond fear, there's also just true malice and real, real evilness. And I think sometimes people can have a harder time admitting that people can have, that people can actually just be bad and want to do mean things because it brings them pleasure. Yes. And I grew up getting abused by people who I could see that it brought them pleasure. So the kind of bullying rhetoric that the monster of the United States puts forward and elicits and calls on and, you know, I, what is that group's called? The Proud Boys, I think, or something. When yes. he, he said, you know, uh, like stand back, back down, stand, stand, stand back, but stand by. Uh, that group has now made it their logo on their social media account. Stand back and stand by. Made it their logo today. Made, they're making t-shirts. You know, it's, this is this thing that it's, it's, it is this question then in this country of, okay, so we unearth this. We really bring it out into the light. We expose it. We, we bring it out. And that, and then the question I think is, and then what, how, how do you talk to these people and and what in what ways can compassion and empathy uh be learned by them um you know it's it's a real i think that's the thing that can be really hard to kind of open into potentials of that there can also be people who are mentally unwell who enjoy being cruel there just aren't that many like clinically mentally unwell people this is not about having having a brain that can't be good mm. brains it, can be good it's about experience and it's about education and that is what we don't yeah, have we abs don't, and i absolutely agree with you on that i absolutely agree with you on that and i'm just but i don't also, have standardized I'm, anything in this country because people are so afraid of this idea that it's not real that everybody can do whatever they want and have total freedom it's not real and it's insane well but then what's so crazy on that is everyone can do whatever they want and have total freedom except you people exactly <laughs> except, except black except people women, and, except black right, people exactly. except gay people right, right. exactly so it, it i think it's also this thing of how you know how do how does one orient that uh mentality towards do unto others as you would have them do unto you like bringing in these these things of the golden rule and 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 it is, and we've talked about this before, and it drives, I know how much the hypocrisy of it drives you nuts in terms of uh, Christianity. And it's, um, 
uh, which is leading me on to our next topic of conversation, uh, but uh, which is going to be about Dancing with the Stars and how wonderfully um, <laughs> the woman from Cheer did this week. But, I didn't uh, watch this week. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, it's all right. I'll talk about it some. But um, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I need to be here tonight. What do you mean? Well, it's, you know, it's about shingles and it's about, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ha- Reed, how Jack. are you? literally incredible (laughs) truly (laughs) read how are you how are you so crazy how are you are you okay what's going on i'm fine i'm fine i i'm working a lot Um, i don't sleep anymore um we keep accumulating more and more little weird jobs that are like, it's due in a week. So that's what I'm doing. I had a very nice night with dear David Hallberg. We had, I said, do you want to go to the ballet? Uh-huh. And he said, yes. So he had a rehearsal and then we, we met there and then we came to my apartment and we watched New York City Ballet Digital streaming and like we were at the ballet. Yes. I need to watch that because um, with Jeremy so he can see them do Stravinsky Violin Concerto. They only do the last movement, but it's still <gasps> worth it. Boo. I know, Why? but there's many, there's many good things on the show. You also get to see Tess do the last section of episodes, which is wonderful. Right, right. And, and they have two beautiful potages from Liebeslieder. And Love. they have First Movement Symphony in C, Tchaikovsky. And they have, oh, you're going to love the unanswered question from Ivesiana with Janie Taylor, which you have never seen, but it's bizarre. It's really like Butoh solo for hair. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe I'll watch that later. Um, great. Great. Well, yeah. I, I, I certainly didn't mean, of course, to have this be about <laughs> my medical issues, Reed, and I'm so <laughs> sorry that you didn't feel heard. And That's okay. I hope you feel heard now. I feel fine. It's, <laughs> it's we did fine. talk about politics. We did, that was a conversation. It wasn't a monologue. It was a conversation. It was a conversation. We, we, both, we both had feelings and felt things from um, those old, old men who <sighs> stood on that stage. God. Old God, I just, uh, as, as the poem goes, I want a dyke for president. It's just, I really just, I, it, it, the tedium of it. I am looking forward to um, the debate between uh, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Um, It'll certainly have far more decorum yes yes and i and i find their ways of arguing to be a real uh it, it's it feels like a play i uh, this it yes it feels more like and, and a play than, than mike the... pence is is nothing if he's not polite and by that i mean he actually is nothing except nothing he's nothing he's he's literally nothing he's just a window pane of like uh, <laughs> of just sort of funneling more like creepy uh, Nazi values of you know uh, pro life and anti gay and what have you. Um, noth- nothing life of hate. Just a nothing life of hate working the the window pane working next to the monster of the United States of America. Um, He's going to be really relieved when it's all over. Let me tell you what. 
Maybe. Or maybe he's like, well, days are the same. Days. <laughs> Wake up at five, pray, tell my children to be good, tell them gay like, is bad. Constantly praying mm. the gay away. Constantly. Pray the gay away with pray gay. Do you remember that? No. Oh, That's it was not real. it was this um yeah it was an audio book called Pray Gay and the sh- no. the the jingle would go Pray the Gay Away with Pray Gay. You're not you're not telling the truth. You're right. I'm lying. Um, I uh, did tell David a well whatever. Is it a also, personal also, story about me? No. It, well, you were involved because it did involve someone we all know, and about praying the gay away. Oh, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> did you tell him that that I had like hands laid on me? I did, uh-huh. but I would I would like you to elaborate, and I think we'll get the opportunity to do that because I think David would like to come and speak with us here in this on this platform. Oh, cool. Um, well, well, happy to have her on, um, and uh, and she absolutely has to figure out how to get us jobs in Melbourne. Um, because I already have one. I know, but like to live. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, but I, I, I say that all the time. I love Melbourne so much. Everyone in Melbourne knows that everyone, <laughs> everyone in Melbourne <laughs> knows that I want to live there. And everyone um, in Melbourne knows. And uh, yet I feel like I probably will discontinue to live in America. I talked to Jeremy O'Hara today, who's in Italy, and that sounded really incredible. Disorganized, chaotic. And no, well, I mean, it sounded incredible, but I mean, her life's different. So delicious. It's, yeah, it sounded really fierce. Um, I wait, I had something. Melbourne. Oh, I watched something. Mm hmm. That I didn't like, and I feel I'm the, 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 going to be a dissenting voice on this. I love that. It's on Netflix, and it is called My Octopus Teacher. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, is it a cartoon? Mm-mm. It's about a man. It's about a white man who has a midlife crisis, and uh, he is... Well, I mean, I already understand why you don't like it. He is from South Africa and he gets into like swimming in the kelp uh, forests uh, Mm -hmm. and he starts tracking this octopus and spending a lot of time with this octopus and I just couldn't I I, I started it because (sighs) I saw someone had liked it and I was like I want to get into this I want to have a feeling about nature and then I couldn't do it um, and now change the word he to she do you like it oh my god if it would have been a woman who was going through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wow I'm I glad probably, I was able to do I that prob- for you I probably would have cried <laughs> I really loved the pause of like to really consider it as a woman uh huh well but here's the thing if it was a woman it went to been um as pedantic it wouldn't have been as 
the discussion of the octopus had a kind of objectification around it, the way he talked about her and just how strange, but how just like us, she, I just, it really, it, it's also like, it, it, it was, yes, he's a man. And then also just like his, where he sits financially in the world. It just, it just, all of it hit me all the wrong ways. He's like, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't film anything anymore. And then I found this octopus and I could film again. It's lame. Is this a documentary or like uh, a regular? It is a documentary that he made about how he couldn't make documentaries anymore until he found this octopus. And then he just starts, you know, filming it all the time and uh, and studying it and chasing. I literally fast forwarded oh. through it. And every time I would turn it on, he'd be saying like the same thing. Like I was in so a different bored way. with my wealth and privilege that I decided to go swim in the seaweed uh-huh. for a while. Uh-huh. I couldn't Ugh. be a good I couldn't be a good dad until I swam in the ocean every day for a year stalking this octopus. Like was, I was he away from his children? <laughs> no, I think his kids still had to deal with it and every I mean, I don't know. I just I was really like, look, it's a midlife crisis, honey. I get it. Okay. It's like you did something for a certain amount of time and then you weren't happy with it and you didn't know why. And then you reconnected with your childhood, just like Carl Jung said we were all supposed to do in our midlife crisis when we walked that far into the woods. And then you figured it out and blah, blah, blah. And now you sold it to Netflix. Go fuck yourself. I just... Nailed it. Nailed it. I couldn't stand it. But when you said, and now if this had been a woman... And you know what? Yes, unless it's Eat, Pray, Love, to which I'm like, no, thank you. Can't. I I have no time for... Uh Uh-uh. Elizabeth Gilbert and uh, Brene Brown. Um, I think I liked Brene Brown. Didn't she do a talk about like radical acceptance? Is that her? Uh, no, she's yeah. not. Radical acceptance is Tara. Can't do it. And Brene Brown. But I liked Brene Brown's. I like remember the one I remember from Brene Brown is she's swimming with her husband in the lake, and I think it's something about self worth. That's all I can remember. But I remember thinking, yeah. <laughs> 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 There's this really amazing jingle for um, an ad that I think is for, for psoriasis. That's an ad for psoriasis that I really love, which is so postmodern and really our times, which is nothing is everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an oh, ad for getting wow. rid of your psoriasis and how if like you don't or, or eczema and if you don't have it on you at at that point. Nothing is everything. <laughs> and that is app. And that is really, if you're queer, you get it. If you're Nothing queer, you get it. Everything. Yeah. Which is really what we're at when it's like, um, oh my God. What's going on and stuff? It's like, you know, look, as my therapist said to me years ago, we're either making meaning or we're taking meaning away. And we couldn't be living <laughs> in more of that paradigm the prolapse of that debate that full prolapse shit the bed debate (laughs) was so crazy it was it was so crazy and yet totally i i think if jeremy's heart raced and mine really felt calm you were like, good night when it was over. <laughs> I was truly like, yeah. I, I just, just tucked you right in. Well, I was like, this seems accurate. 
I was up till like three in the morning watching Hillary Swank in space being like, oh my God, it's all over. Like decency doesn't exist. Everybody is so yeah. confused. America is over. Not that America ever like wasn't over, but like now it's super over. Well, I think what's weird is, I mean, I didn't grow up being like, I love America because I was like getting beaten up. And so it felt being gay so it felt we've talked about this on here before the the incredible thing is that any person who walks around going like um america's number one i'm like you've literally don't know about anywhere else (laughs) do you know what i mean absolutely you you have not experienced socialism honey yeah you don't you've literally never been anywhere if that's what you actually think right yeah that's true that's true it's really like you haven't experienced what it's like to go to a dentist and pay two dollars um, and also people who think there's some, like, competition between, like, where you're from. I'm like, you can have a great life from and live anywhere. Quite Well, I mean, like, it depends on your circumstances. I th- oh, yeah, I think that, I think on that one, I, I, there's some places I can think of where if you're living, it's it's not going to be a great life. But, um, uh, but then I suppose Elizabeth Gilbert would say, well, it's an inward journey at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, oh, the my God. but I do love this discrepancy in our childhoods and what that brings up in, in moments like this. And I do find that compelling. Like, I, I think it's something that, um, and it's something that I enjoy in this podcast, not that it disturbs you or that it keeps you up. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to have insomnia. I want you to sleep well and all of that. But it's, I mean, we're close. We've known each other for a long time. And it's really where the differences of, like, who we met for the first 16 years of our life is are very clear. Like, you were around some really, overall, I would say, decent people teaching you, like... Um, that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> around people being like, I'm going to kill you, faggot. And yeah, people I was, being I like, let's well, just rearrange reality. Constantly reassured that everything would be okay. We, we couldn't have grown up more different. <laughs> and, and I love that for, for us in this and that we get to bring those, those differences, those worldviews in a different way forward. I, I want us to actually review <laughs> this movie on this podcast at a different time, which is Return to Oz. Um, because I revisited it while being this sick this weekend and cried so hard, I couldn't, like, catch my breath. Wow. And um, had to unpack that today in analysis. Uh, That was in a way that felt very (laughs) clear. Um, No wonder your therapist sees you for free. It's just, like, entertainment this week. (laughs) That's entertainment. Yeah, my fr- my my uh my entertainment for the week is coming in in the next hour. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about Return to Oz. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, well, not only that, but then I get to like tell stories of like people at the dermatologist, and also you know, and I I think it's I I hope that you know my well, and now you know I have an analyst and a therapist. I I see two different people. Mm. through the week mm. I, I see it's all you know i do two different kinds do. of therapy i do analysis <laughs> and then i do psychodynamic <laughs> therapy on a different day <laughs> yeah. look I've, i'm all for it you it's it's that mind takes a lot of work <laughs> honey 
tell me about it. Um, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a real, it's a, it is a real Judy Garland up in here. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and analysis is the difference. If you were Judy Garland, you would be well on your way to being dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's analysis and therapy. I mean, my analyst is sort of new. I've had my analyst since la- two summers ago. Last summer. When suddenly, last summer, <laughs> I completely lost my mind. That is another movie I would really like us to do at some point. Um, oh, but that'd I, be wonderful. I do want us to yes. do uh, Return to Oz. Um, though, though, our next movie review is indeed going to be bum 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 possession and okay. now hard how, to how do how do we watch it well uh if you are <laughs> a, a patreon patron mm-hmm. there may be a way um if you're someone else just try and find it online somehow but that when does we that mean i i have to start donating five dollars a month to watch it does <laughs> it does actually okay. it does um uh and uh uh, but isn't Aunt Jane one of our patrons? I... Well, recruiter, this is like, um, you know, that, those weird, you didn't, I don't think you had to do this. When I was do a what? kid for school, we had these things where we had to like go door to door to sell stuff from catalogs. What? Wow. And this is that very... Is a py- that's a cult. That's a pyramid scheme. That's Nexium. It literally happened in my public grade school, middle school, maybe high school. This is why we need standardized education (laughs) in this country. This is so crazy, Jack. So all the students, we would all, like, through the school, we would receive this catalog. And then we would go and sell stuff. Uh, We'd go door to door through whatever part of, like, our town we were in and then if we sold enough of a certain something we'd get a certain amount of points and then from those points we could get like a box of pens or something what Mm. what was in the catalog what were you selling um i remember there being wrapping paper uh was something people could get um i remember this is weirdly ringing a bell okay (laughs) okay I only the wrapping paper. I don't know why. I, I, I don't understand what where the bells are coming from. But I did leave the public school system in grade four, so. So you, you might know, have had to do it at some point around then. It was well. There, there was no door to door in Manhattan. You know what I mean, like <laughs> trick or treating. Trick or treating wasn't really a thing. We did. Ding dong, leave. Yeah. It was like ringing, ringing like every buzzer at the Dakota. Um, oh my God. <laughs> your mom being like, let's go up to the Dakota and just walk through the halls and get, I don't know, maybe we'll get like a Swarovski crystal. I did have a very nice walk with Anthony Roth Costanzo the other night in uh-huh. West Village. And we talked about, you know, how art is over. And it's absolutely I, not. I fully disagree with that. No, I know it's not. I, I know it's not, but it's just I like full, hard. And I'm also fully like, it is online now. Like, the coastal <laughs> elites have to, like, get into how we're going to get the rest of America to see art. And I feel that the internet is the way and I'm here for it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Internet. It's true. But I mean, yeah, those of us who are accustomed to live performance do uh-huh. miss it. And those of us who work in live performance are suffering. Uh-huh. But at any rate, on my walk back, as I walked, it was garbage night. And garbage night in the West Village is high class luxury. <laughs> if you need to furnish your apartment and have a pickup truck, drive through the West Village on garbage night, you will be done in an hour. You have a furnished apartment. And it will be nice. What was the best thing you saw on the street? Well, my favorite thing that I saw, there was obviously a lot of like office chairs and Mm -hmm. hat racks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But what my favorite thing was is that somebody must have received some very expensive piece of furniture or art in their house that had been wrapped with MDFs. You know, this is like, it's a very, very strong kind of particle board and yes. the piece the pieces of the packing yeah. that had that had been around the thing were out on the street. I was like, wow, you could really build something really nice from this. Wow. Yeah. And you I but you didn't saw, have the wherewithal to kind of like drag it back to your place I to don't just mean, do I can't, some I'm crafts. not allowed to br- I can't bring anything into this apartment. It's too it's too small. Yeah, that's true. No. I did see a homeless person in like in self like personal encampment in the West Village mm-hmm. that was like condominiums. Yep. It what, was literally what? like a like basically like a duplex. They had like a full series of tarps over piles of expensive objects that they'd obviously picked up in the You West should have Village. been like, hey, there's some really great MDF around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you look like you could use more things. No, this is a person who is could not possibly be nomadic. They've moved in right next to the UPS. Oh, okay. Well, you know, there you have it. There you have it. There you it's, have it. Wait, what were you talking about right before that? Oh, it was ringing the bells, the catalog thing. And ladies and gentlemen, other, if you remember paper. the catalog of why we sold that as young students, write in, tell us, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Because I can't quite remember, and I can tell you that as I'm talking about it, I feel like I want to throw up. And I do remember that the kids at the Catholic school didn't have to do it. And then we met up in middle school, and that's when I think we all kind of did it or didn't do it. I remember that I did it. Like, I remember, like, always doing it. Um, And hating it. Did you see that Instagram the other day of... Dolly Parton and Patti LaBelle playing their finger, their acrylic fingernails and singing a hymn. Or no, they were singing Mama's Little Baby Love Shortening, Shortening, that song. But they were also playing, their, like scratching their acrylic nails together. Like um, They were doing it with their acrylic nails, like uh, that board, that like, that yeah, something exactly. board. Uh-huh. That's exactly, like a washboard. I did not, I have not been on Instagram very much, um... But really, you really blew up the with dance and stuff Instagram. I did that Sarah Brightman one and then left it at that. And I think that got like 43 likes last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I posted that on a Friday and I got 43 really likes. Really big. That's big. Really blew it up. 43. Really blew it up. Um, but yeah, tell your friends, come on down to the dance and stuff show on Instagram. Um, no, I didn't. But I will. I will try to go and look for that. I... Nothing, nothing can quite get me over. It's just soap. I I don't know if I've ever seen anything on Instagram that's quite blown my mind as much as It's Just Soap by Britney Spears. I don't know what. 
Oh. When you see this, see this pretty flower, see how pretty it is? Watch this. It's just soap. And then she goes, mm. She makes this little sound with her mouth. She goes, mm. It's just soap. It's not really it? a flower at all. It was Fooled a pretty ya. flower that was soap? It's, yeah, it's like this rose. Didn't I send Did it, it to actually- you? I don't know. Did it look like a flower? It looks like a rose. And she's in a bathtub. And she goes, this is such old news. This is like a month old. I remember when I saw it, I like lost my mind. And I, I think I watched it. You know me. I have OCD. So I think I watched it. I'm absolutely, I've seen it over a hundred times. I will. I I'm not that, lying. I've watched it over a hundred times. I've discussed it at great length with Jamie Devine and mm-hmm. Ryan Walker Page. Mm-hmm. I've discussed it with Aaron Markey. Mm-hmm. It's just soap is absolutely another expression for 2020. And that it ends with fooled ya is really another expression for 2020. Um, fooled ya. It's absolutely, I don't know if anyone knows how to do Instagram or what Instagram's for better than Britney Spears. She's pretty incredible at it. It's um, the posting of like the three selfies that look the same. It's, and you, that's a scroll through and it's like, guess which one is edited. It, I, <laughs> I, 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 my mind, even when I say it, I get like so excited. I can barely breathe. It literally, it's it's part of what makes me want to stay in America. It feels wow. absolutely what contemporary life is like. This this kind of recreationist act on the daily with one's persona uh, is it, incredible. It is interesting how these things like um how these kind of like personality fractures mm-hmm. that become a kind mm-hmm. of creative performance they they do allow you to see past the grotesqueness of these people, which I find interesting and is where we diverge because like I I really struggle like with Paris Hilton and Britney Spears. We didn't even talk about the Paris Hilton doc. We did not, not yet. Uh, this not is going to be a long episode. <laughs> with what like people a, don't know is with, that it is 10, 10 p.m. With, but I, I don't sleep, so it's fine. With, with a longer <laughs> with a longer episode for our. Patreon listeners, which we're going to do after this, because we're mm-hmm. we're going to get into. I mean, I um, uh, do you know? Do you know about Harry Stack Sullivan? That no, uh, I believe psychologist. So when all these men were being told they were schizophrenic, Harry Stack Sullivan uh, was like, "I I think they're gay," and he was the first person to put together an all gay ward where these men got better. Wow. And um, uh, his, uh, a famous quote of his is, we're different people with everyone we know. Mm-hmm. And that's in sort of also the breaking apart of, and this is really the segue into the Paris Hilton documentary, mm-hmm. which we, you said last week you wanted me to watch. Mm-hmm. And I watched and I cried so hard. Um... I think it's an incredible documentary. I I remember watching The Simple Life and being like, they're so smart. Because mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way that Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, 
they know and they're like playing this thing of that's like this a way of of kind of playing like playing into this like horrible rich uh like spoiled brat character and um I found the Paris the 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 part of the Paris Hilton documentary that like uh, spooked me or unmoored me the most was when her voice would change mm-hmm. without without the trying and it and that the level of trauma that was just exposed in the documentary of it mm-hmm. really. Uh, was shaking um, and I'm really just I'm I've, I found it really moving yeah I, I didn't I, I spent some time not feeling any sympathy for her it just felt mm-hmm. like as soon as the movie started it was like this movie is going to be designed to elicit sympathy for this person uh-huh. and and then you know some of it was humorous of her being like I only have gowns or being like it's incredible you know after I made a hundred million dollars it became my goal to make a billion dollars and uh-huh. I was like this is so gross like uh-huh. how can you have so little perspective and then you know I when they showed her with that hideous German guy uh-huh. um, and and him getting drunk and being unbearable, uh-huh. then I, I started to really feel for her, to see right. her become, like, totally, to feel, to watch her be actually vulnerable and feel, feel upset and feel frustrated and feel scared and feel furious. I was like, oh. And it was at that moment I was like, okay, like, she feels very human to me right now. And then, the you know, the school stuff felt very it made it made sense of everything it really made sense of the whole of her entire situation and her entire personality Mm -hmm. and I did end up feeling for her by the end and feeling for all those survivors of of that kind of school abuse yeah horrific the yeah the the you know and and I did watch the interview with Drew Barrymore, who said she was very <laughs> helped by that experience. Yes. And so it is, you know, I, I do want to, like, k- keep a nuance here on this podcast that, I, you know, it, it has helped some people. And I think, but in, in Paris's case, I, I absolutely believe that she was in an abusive situation, that those, that the women were abused, that um, that's... Well, it sounds like that particular school yeah. has um, many has many uh, like yeah. accounts against it, and um, and I also do believe and felt for Paris when she said like I didn't deserve to be sent to that school. She and didn't. Like, you didn't. You are not the kind of child that gets sent to those schools. It is no. because of your parents' naivety that you were sent there. Yeah, and kind of immediately, I know that she's like cool with her mom and everything. But as soon as we met her mom, I didn't like her. Like it's just I have like the child's instinct of like an untrustworthy parent. Mm. Like I, we never met the dad. Is the dad alive? Is he with us? Yeah, he just doesn't do these kinds of things. Remember, her mom says uh, that in the beginning. He doesn't do this sort of stuff, and. They're very, you know, they're, they're Christian values and like what they were already putting her through before that school. And, and you know, like, and if this was like a fictional account and you and I were cast in this movie, you know, who's who. 
I am Paris Hilton and you are the sister. Oh, of course. You would be like, well, you were bad. And I told on you all the time. And I'd be, and I'd be like, you bitch. And it's, and, but you would be like, yep, well, mom loves to cover things up. Like, you know, the sister was so, and what's weird, I don't know how. I've met that sister in New York. I've, you have? Yeah, I've absolutely met her. I've, you know, I never forget a face and how, like, someone talks. And I was at something. I remember talking with her and being like, she's really cool and so weird. And then I was like, oh, it's Paris Hilton's sister, right? Mm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great portrait of, a, of someone who I think is an incredibly complicated uh, icon in America that I do think also began our, I love when they say, do you feel responsible for... The, this mess of social media and kids on, you know, girls on their phones wanting to like get plastic surgery to look like they're uh, the filter. And she's like, yes. Yes. Watching her on the phone, taking selfies, being so beholden to her social media platforms through all facets of her life. I found that so devastating yeah. And then I also found her relationship to stuff devastating because I do ultimately think that like rich people and not rich people and their relationship to stuff is one of the biggest problems that we face. People not understanding the value of things, how it's produced, how it damages our planet, how it damages our souls to surround ourselves by trash. Yeah. Well, it, it, and that came up in analysis today when, and we'll talk about this when we actually review, do a full review of Return to Oz. The, the many things I have to say about this movie from a, from every which angle, but that her friends are turned into objects and she has to turn them back. It's literally, I, I, I remember posting about it years ago of like, I feel like I'm trying to turn my friends out of objects from capitalism. You know, it's Paris Hilton herself was objectified and is therefore surrounded by objects, you know, and she's her stacks and stacks of laptops when you're like, you can literally hire somebody to help you out with that. Like, there's no need to just continue. She could hire you. I mean, you could come in and like hire me. You could absolutely go in there and deal with all that out of all of Paris's stuff, like out of all of her items, what? Was would be the item out of if you could if Paris was like I'm gonna get rid of this one kind of item. What would you want? What do you mean to have? Uh huh. If she if she was gonna give you all of one kind of item, what would you pick? She, Paris Hilton has nothing I'm interested in having, and that's that is truth. I would uh, want there- the sunglasses. There, I said it. <laughs> I said it, and I mean it. <laughs> I found her sunglasses to be incredible and I understood I really related when they were late and she's like I have to get those sunglasses and then they get in the car and the sister's mad and she's like are you mad at me and she's like yeah and she's like I'm sorry and she does the voice uh-huh. and I was like oof I laughed so hard when she was waving at her fans in Korea and then she like repeated what the person told her to say and then had that weird low laugh that she has she was like <laughs> I love you all so much. <laughs> like, and then she has like that laugh that she has kills me. Did you watch her make lasagna? 
Yes, I've watched that. It literally, I turned to Jeremy and said, that, that's like if I made lasagna. And he said, that's true. But it is also just one of these things. And I'm sorry, yes, it is sort of funny. And I do think that Paris Hilton is smart in her awareness of this character that she created does and does but uh-huh. but to devalue food in that way to devalue the extreme amount of like effort and money that goes into all the shit she has i don't like it i find it very grotesque and wh- how do what do you mean oh like how she like tosses it all around how it's just all tossed around there's so much shit in that kitchen it's all actually like garbage food that like even though like she's has un- limitless wealth, she's spending her money on on these kinds of foods. I mean, that are not responsibly produced. That you know, like it's just like thoughtless. It's I thoughtless. guess, but I'm I, I'm hard pressed. On is it different and on is it much different on other cooking shows? Yes. Huh. <sighs> I mean, not all. There's certainly Guy Fieri and diners and dive drive-ins and dives and that that uh-huh. um, that Southern racist cook Paula Dean, uh-huh. you know, who's like, just put more butter in oil. What's you know, so- what's what's um Barefoot Contessa? What's her? Do you think is is she wasteful? Ina Garten is super like Upper East Sidey kind of like. Oh, she's very like um, Eli Zabar, like use good, use good ingredients to make food that tastes good and is salty. But I liked that Paris was like, you could use other kind of cheese. Like there's soy cheese. There's like nut cheese. It's crazy. Like, I like that she brought up like other kind of cheeses. I mean, yes. Was it like chaotic, messy and wasteful? Yeah. yeah, and but I guess, you know, and it's hard for me to divorce myself from, like, watching it in some sort of, like, neo-camp perspective of, of like, a John Waters-type viewership of it as well. But so. I just, like, can't imagine that Paris Hilton is making commentary on the grotesqueness no. of this country, but no. maybe she is. I mean, I think... I don't know. I mean, I think The Simple Life is really genius. I think that there was a lot inside of that that was a social commentary. And I think it's up for other people to unpack it. And as we know, that requires an education and we fall very low in terms of other countries and education. But I think in terms of what this country produces, just period of like our movies, our pop stars, our like all of that is intensely... Uh, you know, we, we are number one on climate change. It's like, we are just like burn a hole in that ozone right from here, Uh (laughs) you know, what's, or, you know, and if we're not doing it in this country, we're certainly outsourcing it in other places, as you've talked about on here with fast fashion and the toxicity of that in other countries that we are, uh, you know, spearheading. But Absolutely. it's, um, I don't know. And in that way, I feel that perhaps Paris gets to be our Helen of Troy in some, in some way. That she gets to be our, our, uh, our, our complicated heroine. I just wish for everybody, this is my wish. Okay. Let's take a moment to really hold space for it. And, and I know that I'm not talking, it's, I, this isn't 
going out to the people who are listening to this podcast. This is more a wish broadly. I want everybody to reevaluate their relationship to all of their things and to the way the way in which they consume things. Yes. Don't buy don't buy a whole bunch of like $10 blouses. Don't do it. Think really really hard about how long you're going to wear that. I'm not saying don't buy one. If you really like it and it's at H&M and you really feel like that blouse is going to improve your life and get a lot of wear and have a good life in and of itself, is that blouse going to live a happy life where it's presented with frequency? Buy that blouse. Do not buy things that you are not going to use a great deal and that are just going to end up contributing to waste, contributing to slave labor. I mean, this is nothing new. It's nothing new. You know, someone who doesn't buy very, who doesn't buy new stuff. You. Truly. I have like, you don't have to brag about it. I have, um, (laughs) I have, I, well, no, it's more, I'm not bragging about it. I'm thinking more like, uh, I think it's also weird though. I think it'd be good if I like got some new stuff. So everyone out there, don't get send anything. Send your stuff to Jack. If you, have if you need to get things, new stuff, send it to me. If you're getting rid of black stuff, send it to me. I, absolutely. One I, way we're going to recycle, send black stuff to Jack. Yeah, there you go. Remember, remember, re, 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 recycle. Re, yep. re, 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 reuse it. Don't, don't, don't abuse it. Don't, don't, don't misuse it. Do you remember that? No. I did take great pleasure in watching... Jeremy's beautiful music video, which is, I guess, still a secret, but um, that with all the um, secondhand clothes. Yes. Yeah, we did. a Well, I can't wait for us to talk about that, but we'll talk about that music video in depth, music videos in depth with who they're for when we can talk about it. In the meantime, I feel that it is time for this portion of the podcast to end, but for our Patreon portion to begin. So ladies, gentlemen, other, thank you so much for listening. We loves you. And if Um, you'd like to carry on with us into the next portion, become a patron. 